Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to another episode of Did You Know with Shireen. A lot of people today, alhamdulillah, Allah has honored them with either popularity and unfortunately they have been placed on a pedestal. And guess what? This pedestal, no mercy lives there, only the expectation of perfection. But before we begin our session for today, stay tuned and we will be right back. Welcome back and my guest for today is none other than Mufti Ismail Meng. Salaam alaikum. Walaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Good to have you on the program. Mashallah, lovely to see you. I'm excited, mashallah, that you agreed to join us on this program. Barakallah, only a pleasure. Jazakallah <laughs> khair. I love the setting and the outdoor theme, mashallah, beautiful. Jazakallah khair, thank you so much for coming on board. You know, alhamdulillah, Sheikh, you've been giving a lot of talks. You go here, you go there, and you have attained a level of popularity that everyone knows you. And every time we go out, people want to take a picture, people want to do this with you and the likes of it. And sometimes, hey, I wonder how you cope, right? But before we go deep into this conversation for today, tell me, how did you become famous? Subhanallah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. That's a very interesting question because many people don't realize that uh, I started years ago. I graduated in 1998, 1999. I, I started working in early 2000. I, I was in, on social media at a time when very few scholars were on social media and I started using it bit by bit uh, and slowly but surely we kept, we kept going and I kept a lot of uh, different principles in mind because it was just after September 11 when things became very nasty and people were looked at as terrorists, uh, Muslims were being persecuted, they were being harmed. Uh, hate crimes were being committed against Muslims in many countries in the world. And so what happened is, uh, when I started, one of the main aims that I had was to prove to people who hated Islam that Islam is actually a beautiful religion. Mm. And so I, I kept the consistency. Facebook, later on on Twitter, and uh, what I had is a non-copyright policy where people could actually uh, post whatever videos they found of mine. I remember the first videos that we had uh, started were actually uh, videoed in or were recorded in Cape Town. And uh, mashallah they, they were on YouTube. At that time I didn't have my own channel but we used to use Sukh Islam, Pa Excellence, a few of the other guys and uh, I, was, I didn't really have the time. I was teaching Imam in the Masjid, I had so many other commitments, Mufti, uh, the head of the committee of fatwa and guidance, uh, we have a lot of charitable work. So in the country, in Zimbabwe, I was doing a lot, a lot. And at the same time, there were many radio and TV programs that uh, kept uh, you know, beaming the, the, the lectures. They would uh, mail me asking me, can we use your content? Because there was very little content English-speaking scholars at the time. I'm talking of 2003, 4 and 5. And it started growing, but there were very few. Someone from Africa, I think they were, they were Ahmed Didat is someone who really worked very hard. In fact, I was the one who, who uh, led the Janaza prayers of Ahmed Didat in 2005. And I remember he gave me some advice to tell me, if you want this work to reach the whole world, don't copyright it. And at the same time, uh, you know, speak to a, a, a broad audience. So Alhamdulillah, I followed that guidance and uh, slowly but surely I became a very popular person. Today, when people look 
Firstly, they don't know my age, they don't know when I started, they don't know how hard it was to actually get to where we got to, and people just swipe at you, they, sometimes they attack you, they think that you might have been a person who just became famous because of one thing that went viral, whereas in my case, that's not what happened. SubhanAllah. You know, before I began the program, I was talking about how a lot of people who are popular are put on a pedestal. And on this pedestal, no mercy lives there, no compassion. And, you know, when you just talk about how people talk about this and talk about that, and, you know, just swipe and think that, oh, you became popular overnight, not knowing that there's a lot of hard work that has gone into this. Tell me, how do you deal with so much hate out there? Because every time there's a video out there, Someone is saying something about you. Someone is saying this. Someone is saying that. You know, even the video we posted a few days ago about you driving. So a lot of people are saying so many stuff. So how do you cope as a person? Because I know you're human and you're not, uh, you're not an angel, obviously. Look, I want to tell you, I've been grounded with great tarbiyah. I mm. owe it to my parents. I owe it to the surroundings. I owe it to those who brought me up. Great tarbiyah. We are nobodies, actually. But... At the same time, we have fear of Allah. We have a deep-rooted love and concern for all those whom we found on earth. We care for them. We, uh, we love them. We want goodness for them. Uh, we respect them. And we understand that success is in the hands of Allah. If Allah wants to give you success, if you asked me uh, years ago that where do you think you would be in 10 years, I would never be able to guess. I didn't even have it in my dreams that we would have achieved what we did. But it's up to Allah. So Allah who gave it to you can easily take it back. One of the things that I have found is when your grounding is solid and you have a great character and conduct from the very beginning someone has disciplined you and they have brought you up in, in this uh, way, unique way. I think what happens there is you, you, you don't take people who say negatives against you seriously because you know they don't know you. They definitely don't know you. I give you an example. Uh, sometimes certain clips go viral uh, they, if they are negative, the, peop the person who says negative things does not follow you. They haven't seen the other clips because those clips may not be viral. They haven't gone back and seen. They say, you don't talk about Palestine, you don't talk about this, you've never done this. I mean, they don't know. I, I probably have. In the case of Palestine, I definitely have. They may have heard one or two things. They might have heard a misconception. They might have heard someone talk about me whose own reputation is actually so terrible that they don't even have the right to talk about someone else. Recently, there was a brother who spoke about me and really I pitied him. People said, why don't you make a video to respond? I said, I don't mind, you know, I mean, I don't mind what he said, leave it. Because it's, if people want to f believe him without doing a background check on who he is, then it's their loss. I, I can't carry on uh, trying to, uh, you know, tell people, oh, I'm a good guy, I'm a good guy. You either know it or you don't know it. If you don't want to follow, please unfollow. There we are. It's as simple as that. We will do the work for the sake of Allah. If Allah wants that benefit to reach you, it will reach you. If he doesn't want, it won't. So if you think I'm a bad and evil guy, it's up to you. I don't think I've ever harmed you. I don't think I've hurt you. I don't think I've done anything negative against you. And that's it. So uh, those people who think this guy is evil, they should ask themselves, has he hurt me? No, he hasn't. Has he? And if I've heard something that he's hurt someone else, I need to verify that. Because most probably I'm involved in charity in a humongous way. 
I, I've supported so many charities and I'm involved with a particular charity, Abdullah Aid. And mashallah, we've done so much more, not only the charity, but even the work I do back at home. A lot of it is very charitable. We reach out to people. We've helped in war zones. We've humanitarian assistance, obviously. We've helped in areas that people would never imagine we've helped. And we've empowered people in such a way that Allah knows and they know. And this is thousands of people. So I don't mind. If, if you don't like me based on what someone has said about me, or what you think about me, you can fly a kite. That's been my policy from the very beginning. I'm not going, I, might, I might try to uh, clarify it for you if need be. Otherwise, I won't. People say, oh, you've never used the term, uh, certain terms on, in, on, 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 online. Well, look, either I have and you haven't seen them, or I haven't for a reason. You've got to trust me enough regarding that reason. I'm educated. I'm, I, I, I fear Allah, inshallah. I, I, I have quite a bit of Islamic knowledge, inshallah. I'm not an angel, like you say. I'm not perfect. As you know, I, I am open for correction. I will always correct myself. But it doesn't mean that... I have not studied what I'm trying to achieve. Maybe your brain has not allowed you to reach uh, this type of conclusion. It's okay. I mean, in my case, I've crossed a 10,000 mark some time back. What do I mean by 10,000 mark? The number of reverts that, that have reverted to Islam based on the effort we've been able to make by the will of Allah. And I, I stopped counting. And I thought to myself, there's no point counting how many reverts. But I want to say it's all because of a strategy. It's all the help of Allah. It's all because you planned something. You said it in a certain way. You let people come in. Those who hated Islam, they started saying, well, at least it's not such a bad religion. We used to think it was bad, but it's guys like this who've made us realize that it's not that bad. So if all this has made you popular, you've not compromised the deen. People say, oh, you know, scholars for dollars, people are making money. If anything, I have contributed more money than I've made. And I, when I say than I've made, I mean, we haven't made a penny out of the da'wah. And it's a fact. Not out of the da'wah, not at all. Uh, but subhanAllah, if people think that, it's because that's what they're accustomed to. They don't have the discipline we've had. They don't have the upbringing we've had. They don't have the understanding we've had. People want to know, how do you earn? I don't need to tell you how I earn. Did I steal your money? No. If I didn't, then please stay out of the way. If I stole your money, you can, you can talk about it. But I have not stolen your money. That's the thing. So people want to know, how do you earn? How did you whatever? It's none of your business. If I really would like to tell you, it's okay. If I don't, I'll tell you, listen, brother, I don't need to let you know. Mm. So I, I'm not doing anything haram and I didn't do anything to steal from you. So then you have people hating and saying the man is probably eating and he's stealing and whatever. Wallahi, it's up to them. Like I say, if anything, we have helped and assisted. And that's how it's grown by the will of Allah. And I've been consistent in the method. I've been consistent in what I've said. Of late, we know what's going on in Gaza. It's unacceptable. It's genocide. For me, I would term it a holocaust, in all honesty, because that's what has happened. And it's still happening. And it is shameless. And it is unacceptable. So I have spoken about it more than any other atrocities that have been committed in my life. Because to me, it's the worst thing that's ever happened in front of my own eyes. And it's a cause that, is, that belongs to the entire deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not just me. So, and I've done this from a very long time. It's just become louder right now. 
So people might be surprised, oh wow, this is not really the guy's way. Well, there you go. Uh, there are certain things that you have to uh, make an exception for and there it goes. If you lose a few friends for that, you lose a few people. So what? It's okay, it's fine. But I'm not going to stoop to the level of others who are screaming and yelling, yet they are not educated Islamically, nor are they educated in, in, in the understanding of how to spread the deen of Allah, nor are they educated in a worldly manner that, is, that has resulted in their success. So if, if anything, I know what I'm doing. We have strategy. I see people new, freshies in the da'wah. When I say freshies, I mean guys who are not yet graduated or just graduated now, and they start swiping so badly without realizing we were where you, where you are now, 30 years back, 30 years back, literally, 25 years back, you know? And we, we also were a little bit hard and harsh, and we've come, we've learned a lot over time. We're much more accommodating of that which we can accommodate. And we don't just takfir everyone and tabdi everyone and we don't just swipe at everyone, no matter what. We, we pause, we wait, we watch, we see, we study, we give people a chance, we talk to them, we'll interact with them. And there we go. For, 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 for a person like me to interact with others is very, very important. Others meaning people of different faiths, people of different sects. People, I, I will, if I believe that my contribution towards them may bring them towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's my duty to interact with them. So it's not on a level where I'm appeasing or, or I'm actually supporting them. No, I'm giving them the da'wah. I'm, I'm, I'm calling them towards Allah. So as a result of all of this, you will always have 10 million people who love you to bits and 100 people who hate you. That's roughly the ratio. Those 100 might be vocal, they might be loud and so on. It's okay. It's, 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 wallahi, it's one of those things. SubhanAllah, Sheikh, this is really amazing. And, uh, you know, what you just said... SubhanAllah, it's, it's eye-opening, right? Deep. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, you know why I say this? Many of those who are da'is and in the field, like yourself, you will face hate from your own brethren. There are sometimes people who talk about me whom I am surprised that they are saying it because they are supposed to be people whom I have either assisted or helped or I've never harmed. And some people who claim to be close to you. You know, people enjoy, and I've seen this, in communities that I've known, I've come across people who pretend that they are your friends, they are your relatives, they are so, and they enjoy attacking you. Whenever there is something negative, they'll forward it to the whole world. Do you think I don't know? Sometimes I get to know, but I just say a prayer and I move on, I laugh. Say there's one more that's dropped, one more that's dropped, you know. They, and I feel sad for them because whatever Allah's written for me is going to happen. Whether you say what you want or you don't say what you want. And what Allah's written for you is happening right now. Look at the negativity. What answer are you going to give Allah? I spent my time forwarding messages against this sheikh or that sheikh. When, when there are millions of people whom we have helped by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to come on the deen, because of one or two misconceptions you have about me and you go around spreading it, you start causing doubt in the hearts of people who are already on the faith and, and you don't mind. So th th that that will come at a price that you and your children will pay. And so I just feel sorry for them. And this is why I say people sometimes enjoy attacking a popular man. I remember I was knitting once, teaching my daughters how to knit. I know what I'm doing. There is nothing wrong in teaching your daughters how to knit. I didn't teach my sons how to knit. Uh, if you know what my sons know, how, or, or, if you know what my sons have learned, you will be shocked because I can't even talk about it. So to be very fair and honest with you, I, I have eight daughters and if I were, was teaching them how to knit, you should thank Allah that at least I'm teaching my daughters how to knit. And yet I had people whom I thought, really, I thought these were people who were involved in the da'wah, doing their thing. 
they took turns to attack me one after the other and say the nastiest and dirtiest things. I'm not mentioning it because I'm holding it against them. These brothers, I love them for the sake of Allah. They are doing some good work, I hope, and may Allah grant them further success. But I'm saying it because it was their downfall, not mine. It was their frustration and wallahi it was. If they saw all oh, this, and when I spoke for example about wives and there is a clip doing its rounds about oh, if my wife were to tell me to move to the side, I would move to the side and so on. There is a clip. That clip is a short clip that someone cut out of a longer lecture which was talking about the, 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 the friends that you have and giving them preference over your spouse after you are married, which is ridiculous. Your spouse comes before your friends, no matter what. So I, I was just giving an example that they call you a chicken sometimes because you didn't spend the night with them, you went home at 10 o'clock. What's wrong with them calling you a chicken? If they called me a chicken, I would quack for them. You know, chickens don't quack, by the way. But I just said it in, by way of giving an example. People cut a small clip and they started saying, this guy is a simp, this guy. Those swear words that you're using against me, they won't bother me, they won't affect me. Does it look like, for example, it has affected my work? No, it hasn't. If anything, it's, it's probably given us greater exposure. But it's affected you, your work, your brain, your system, your deen, your connection with Allah, your akhirah, your Jannah, your Jahannam, everything is, is, is affected by those dirty words that you uttered about someone you've never met, you don't even know. You've just seen, the other day I saw uh, someone who's a, who's a convicted murderer speaking and, and he was speaking about me saying this guy is a, is a Zionist and he's a Jewish this and that and whatever, all oh, alone. I feel sorry for these people. I really feel ashamed that these guys, they don't realize it will bother them. You can't say that about someone. You don't even know the guy. You've never met him. And I don't think he wants to meet you either, to be honest with you. You've never met him. You, don't, you haven't breathed the same air. You haven't been in the same place he has. You don't know a thing about him. You saw one clip and I heard the brother saying, I don't follow him, I don't listen to him, but I can tell you he's astray, he's this. Come on, you refuted yourself by saying, I don't follow him, I don't listen to him. But I heard a short clip, you're already refuting yourself. So it means you judged a whole human being by one short clip you heard about him, come on. And this man is supposed to be so intelligent. Some of his work is really good, to be honest with you, although he's a convicted murderer, whatever might have happened, Allah knows best. But someone told me, look, please leave this brother alone. This is his history. If you go to Google and search, you'll find history of this brother. So leave him, he might be a little bit... I felt, no, wallahi, this is a brother. He's, he's ought to be given another chance, no matter who they are. That is me. That is me. If I see a criminal, I would love to see him being corrected and given another chance after having served whatever sentences he may have in terms of the legal uh, issue, it's not mine, but in terms of rehabilitating someone, I'm there. I visited correctional services and prisons so many times to see the inmates, to give them hope, to give them courage. Inmates who come out, we work with some of them to try and reintroduce them into society and community when the world has written off a popular person because of their mistake. I'm a person who would like to try to empower them and bring them back because I'm not a person who can cancel someone forever. I'm supposed to be, I'm a father, I'm supposed to be a leader, I'm supposed to be a mentor. If you've made a mistake tomorrow, you might have done something that is a major sin. And the world got to know about it because you're a known figure. I want to tell you, I would reach out to you and say, brother, I, need, I would like to help you.
And I would be the one who would say, as a son of mine, as a, as a person who's in the da'wah, I would like to see you come up again. Let's make amends. Let's try. Let's change your life. Let's do. The world is not forgiving, but I'm a person as a leader, as a father. I will try with you again and again and again and again until I see you come back because that's what Allah wants from us. Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu worked on the kuffar and the biggest murderers. He worked on Khalid ibn al-Walid ibn al-Mughira who killed so many companions. He brought them, he became such that you are not allowed to say his name without radiallahu anhu uh, in terms of respect. That was Khalid. Who was Umar? Who were these people? Who worked on them? Someone worked on them. That's when they came out. Similarly, even Muslims, if you have your own son on drugs, your own son has done something really bad, how, would you just kick him? Would you just say it's the end of the world for him? Who is there from amongst our scholars who is prepared to specialize and work with those who are downtrodden and cancelled in the world? People have made a mistake. I want to reach out to them. Hey, listen, if you need any help, I'm here. You want to talk to someone, I'm here. Only for the sake of Allah, not because I'm interested in a woman, not because I'm interested in, in, in something, in your money, in anything. No, I'm interested in pleasing Allah by reaching out to you if you you and the resources you had and the popularity you had and the power you had in negativity can be used in positivity. Wallahi, we will succeed. So that's the reason why whether it is Nicki Minaj or whoever else it may be, if someone reaches out to me, I will be prepared to talk to them and I, and I don't care what the world thinks because you know what? I'm not doing it for them, I'm doing it for Allah. And if they think you want this and you want that, trust me, you know what? If you look at my family and what Allah has blessed me with, I don't need anybody, uh, you know, in the sense that I remember once there was a woman and this is a very, uh, it's a very sad thing. But anyway, there was a woman who was uh, really uh, trying to, serving us on an aircraft and she was so arrogant, you know. And I told her, look, if you are going to behave this way, we've paid for the service. I really don't mean that you, I don't, I don't want to be rude to you or mean, but what I would like to let you know is, if you want to try and impress me thinking that I'm going to look at you and think, wow, you know what, what I have at home is far better than anything you can compete with. And wallahi, she was embarrassed. Later on, she came and apologized to me. She said, look, I didn't realize I offended you and so on, and I was wrong and whatever. Ah, it's okay, it's okay. But the point I'm raising is, we're not interested in that. The people out there who think, oh, you're interested in this woman because you commented and because you did and because you spoke to her and because you gave her a chance. I'm not interested in the woman. I'm interested in Allah. I'm interested in pleasing Allah. I'm interested in empowering her so that we can actually achieve something for the ummah and even for an individual. If the hadith says, if Allah has used you to guide a single person, it's better for you than the most valuable of the conveyance uh, at the time you know, that man had. It's more valuable than what you can imagine. If that's the case, surely if I'm used to, in, to guide one person, I'm excited, whether it's male or female, whoever it is. And I tell you what, a lot of the people who are downtrodden, those are the ones who soften and come towards Allah. There are people I've known who are, who are very popular. They make mistakes one or two. When I've reached out to them, they, they've told me, Wallahi, you're the only person who's come up and shown us that, you know what, this is what the deen is all about. Don't worry, you're in your lowest moment. It's not the end of the world. Come up, Allah will grant you the goodness. There. But others, they kick them when they're down. Do you know a lot of the prisons, people accept Islam in the prisons. Why? They are in their lowest and the Muslims show care. When, you, when we visit, for example, a, a correctional service or a prison and we show them care and so on, they feel connected. There is a brotherhood, there is a bond and that's the beauty of it. So I know I've spoken a lot, but to be honest with you, it's a topic that is so deep, so deep that we need to go into it. You cannot just cancel a person. It's very difficult for me to walk out. So many people want to take photos and at the same time, a few of them hate you. Look, I was in Medina the other day. 
a few days ago. And I'll tell you, three students from the university were walking past in a haram late at night and I was walking around to go and do salam to the Prophet and I thought, I saw these three guys and I knew they looked like tulab ilm, like they had little beards, they were in ihram, they were probably going to Makkah. And you know, I just said, salam alaikum, I smiled at them and they must, and you know the response they gave me? Such hateful, hurtful words, the guy, don't salam me and so on, and, and speak the truth and dirty words I don't even want to repeat now. I feel, I feel sorry for them. They haven't even started their lives and look at the type of minds they have. They don't even know me. They must have heard a thing or two. I really, I hope they, they hear this and they really seek the forgiveness of Allah. For me, I don't hold it against you. I feel sorry for you. I really feel sorry for you because you haven't even started your life. You don't even know where we were, where we are, what we do and, and so on. And you must have just heard a few things. I might not be specialized in something you want me to specialize in, but we have, we have hundreds of thousands of da'is. We are not specialized in the same things. I don't need to do exactly what you're doing. You are Shurem, you are doing something. I appreciate it. I, every time, I'm sure you're a witness, I try my best to empower you even with my own words. Sometimes even, if I can say it, at a time, I try to even support you financially in order to ensure this is, happens. Am I right or wrong? 100%. Who would believe this? Who would believe that there was a time when I promised and I pledged and did I fulfill the pledge? You fulfilled it. Thank you. At a time when you were, you know, starting out and a bit of a struggle here and I said, Shurem, don't worry, I will give you this. Every month I will give you something. SubhanAllah. I don't know how it came out here, but here it goes. <laughs> people don't know. We have tried to empower as many people as we can. Some we may say, some we may not say. And here you get, you get students, guys who are just studying at the university. They're the same university you graduated from or wherever they were from. Allah knows best where they were from. But the words, you're my brother. You are in ihram. You're going for umrah. You want the forgiveness of Allah. You're not ashamed of yourself. Do you not realize your heart is dirty, filthy? You need to go back and wash your heart, my brother. Cleanse it against your fellow believers, people who are serving the deen of Allah. I told you that, you know, alhamdulillah, we've crossed 10,000. And I'm not saying this out of pride, but I'm letting you know. We've crossed 10,000. What did you cross? We've crossed 10,000 reverts, converts. What did you cross, my brother? You see, another thing is I know millions of people have said we've benefited, we've benefited. So Alhamdulillah, I might have a soft approach. Alhamdulillah, well it works for some. I, I would expect that after they come closer to Allah, they would go for someone who has a slightly harder approach with uh, perhaps more depth knowledge on specific subject matter. It doesn't make my work irrelevant. I am a very important uh, component of the grassroots level in my own circles according to what Allah has, has blessed me with. I should acknowledge it and thank Allah for it. And at the same time, people want to take photos. So sometimes it's difficult. I know, I like to say, while I'm walking, you can take pictures as much as you want. If you're going to stop me, it's going to be a problem. So try not to stop me, take pictures as you want. Sometimes people say, oh, you've taken a picture with this woman, that female, my brother. We are walking past, there are men, there are women, things, they are right there. Sometimes they will snap a shot and so on. Okay, call it my weakness if you want. And if you don't want, if you really want to find an excuse, you could find an excuse. There is no khalwa. There's always a third, fourth, fifth person. There's a crowd. It's in, it's in general public. Someone wants to just have uh, a memory of the fact that they met you, they passed by and so on. I would respectfully hold them at a distance and perhaps take a picture not because I love the person I want to develop a relationship with the person I'm, I'm, I'm in touch with the person I even know the person not at all that's a dirty mind that thinks that way they, I, we've taken millions of pictures what is it for it's just so that these people feel that you know what someone whom we've benefited from for a long time Alhamdulillah I met them and I have a picture of them a lot of people tell me 
old people. I've never taken a picture in my life, but I want to take a picture with you. And I, and I see the uncle is shaking. He doesn't know how to take a selfie. I take it from him and take the selfie for him. Not that I'm any saint. They know that I'm not. They know that I've always said, when we have the mass, the biggest crowds that I've seen in Dawa, in, 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 in Africa, for example, and when we've spoken in those crowds, I've said in the crowd, and it's, it's online, if you want to hear it, that I'm a nobody. Don't think that by you shaking my hand, something's going to happen. Don't think that by you taking a picture with me, suddenly you're going to get paradise. I, I am just a human being like you. I've said it. I've clarified it. If you didn't hear it, it's not my fault. Like I say, this video we have, for example, this interview, some, some clips of it might go viral. Some might not go viral. If a person's heard a viral bit and not the non-viral bit, it doesn't mean we didn't say the rest of the things. We said whatever. And if you're prepared to listen to the whole thing, you listen to it, mashallah. We come to Africa. Africa is not a joke. You know how we struggle. Traveling from place to place, sometimes food, sometimes you are sick, you are unwell, you have malaria, you have diarrhea, you have whatever else, you have weakness, fatigue, so many other things, the weather, the sweating, the, uh, the flights, the cancellations, the delays, the change of this, the change of that, people, whatever, so much. We endure it for the sake of Allah and, and for the sake of the da'wah. People think, oh, these guys must be sitting calm and relaxing. My man, once a year, I'd like to go for Umrah, at least with my family. Who facilitates it? Did you pay me for it? Did you give me that trip? Did you ever sponsor my entire trip for me and my family? No. So please keep quiet and do your things. Either make dua for the goodness we're doing and the rest you can do on your own. But don't come and harm us. Don't harm us. If you really care, you would tell me, brother, I'm going to buy you a house. I'm going to buy you a car. I'm going to, I'm going to, you and your family, one holiday a year, we'll sponsor it to the highest degree. That's what's called, uh, perhaps I might say, oh, mashallah, thank you for thinking about it. We are still waiting. We don't expect it. We don't, we don't want it. I'm only giving an example. And then when we do it with our own money, people have a problem. Where did you get the money from? Where did you steal it from? Oh, who are you? Your mind is so dirty, you're probably running behind it. I promise you, when you work for Allah, Allah opens the doors for you in a way you wouldn't imagine. May Allah make it easy. I mean, Jazakallah khair, Sheikh. This is really, really deep, subhanAllah. I don't even know where to... Touch the nerve, my brother. <laughs> May Allah bless you. Jazakallah khair, Jazakallah khair. You know, we have love for the entire Ummah, and we have love for those who are on the right path, and those who are astray, we have enough love for them to try and work on them to come with our own soft strategy. It's one of the strategies. There are other people who have hard, harsh strategies. Perhaps they impact also on others. I appreciate them. The other day I was sitting with brother Muhammad Hoblos in Medina Munawwara and I told him, my brother, your approach and the way you, 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 you know, he speaks loud and he hits it to the point and he, he cracks it, he doesn't care. It is a very important approach in the sphere, in the field of da'wah because it impacts thousands of people who are only affected by that type of approach. That doesn't cancel my approach. Nor does my approach cancel his approach. There's customers for all. And when I say customers, we're talking of those people who are going to be impacted by the da'wah. There are millions of them. Your reward is with Allah. You will see it the day you go to the akhirah. May Allah bless you. I mean, yeah. So you spoke about how you have about, you know, eight daughters, right? Yes. And mashallah, I know you have like a lot of other sons as well. You know, your kids are also online. They go, they see what is happening and likes of it. How do they feel seeing their father being you know, uh, Attacked. assaulted and attacked yes, yes. by everyone. How did you, have you ever had this conversation? Yes, with we them? have had the conversation a lot of times. Actually, uh, it's, it's, it's a pity because sometimes we've had to change schools because of attacks of the children. 
some of my older children, we changed schools because of how they were being treated by some people who were really bullying them. And because they were wealthy, they came from wealthier homes, the school didn't really do anything about it. So we changed, the, we just changed and we, you know, we adjusted. Uh, it affected, obviously. Up to today, you do have people, like I say, from every million, you have maybe, from every 10 million, you have 100. Uh, but those hundred are a bother and it becomes louder because people online are sitting doing nothing. They, everyone is a sheikh today and they don't realize that you've actually, uh, you know, uh, just sold yourself to a popular person who really doesn't know and he hasn't even studied. So a guy like me, when the young watch, they say, oh, this is the guy. They don't even know where you are, where you studied, how old you are, when you studied, how you studied. Because there are others who came far later on who claimed that, oh, these guys know nothing. Yet they studied with scholars who were the students or the students of the students of those who taught us. So it's a crazy thing, no, no problem. But what I say is, yes, the family does get affected. I remember with my wife, uh, there was a person who kept on messaging her and swearing her and insulting her until she had to close her accounts and so on. And, uh, and, and they, they were claiming things, someone was claiming something and then someone said, we're gonna do magic and we're gonna do whatever, all sorts. And you know, we, uh, we trust in Allah. So there has been a lot that happens on a constant basis. One of my sons told me, I don't want to follow your footsteps because look at how, uh, how much people say negatives. I said, well, have you ever seen the positives? They say, yeah, well, I see the positives, but why should I bother? Well, if you're going to serve society and community, you have to be ready to take flack from the same community. You look at my community in Zimbabwe. I, I, I don't, uh, let me word this in a beautiful way. My own community in Zimbabwe and even in parts of South Africa, I don't expect anything from them. I don't expect them to support me the day that I'm down. I don't expect them to help me the day that I need that help. There are a few people, but I still don't expect it from them. In, if anything, I would expect them to join the bandwagon of negativity. The day the negativity comes, they will gleefully say, wow, look, did you see what happened to me? Did you see what this guy just said? My own community would do that. And I would expect it from them. That's why when it happens, I, I, I'm not uh, surprised. I'm not, and why I say this is that's the nature of humankind. They don't appreciate. They don't. Very yeah. Allah. Besides a few, even those who greet you, they smile at you, they 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 charms with you, they will take a photo with you, they will hug you. The day a negativity comes about, they will be the first people to forward it to everybody and to gleefully be excited about it and even tell you. Uh, behind your back sometimes, sometimes they might have the courage to let you know that uh, you are a big letdown and a sellout and so on. My, my brother, do you know, we've helped you and your children and sometimes we've even taught the kids. I used to teach at a madrasa, I taught some of these kids growing up. I've had that. I've faced uh, community members who are pathetic and ridiculous. With me, I have something in me known as wafa. If you have done good to me today, I will never forget that good until the day I die. I've, I visited India for a day trip, part of a day, in order to meet eight or ten laborers who have fed me while I was in Medina Munawara a few times when I was a student. And I went recently, I visited India. The same applies, I have visited others whom now when I went to Medina, I went to visit an, a man who's now a very old man when we needed to make a phone call to receive phones. He used to allow us to use his, his landline at his shop. And I went to visit him. There was a lady who used to uh, feed some of the students. I went to visit them. Elderly, they are old. I go to visit them. Those are the real people who were there at a time when you were a nobody. They are somebodies, subhanAllah. So I have that habit. Why? I told you at the beginning of this, of this interview that we have been brought up with culture, with discipline, with morals and values and amazing upbringing. 
So we, we don't think cheap of people. We are people of value. I would give my life to save the lives of others. I would definitely do that. And I would never, my, me harm you, no chance. Inshallah, no chance. If there are some people, a few scholars, two or three scholars whom I would like nothing to do with, I don't hate them, I wouldn't harm them. But I would like nothing to do with them because they have harmed me so many times. I just keep a distance. If I met them, salamu alaikum, alaikum salam, and it stops there. That's it. Some, you have to protect yourself. Another thing is people sometimes ask you, we need a program. I don't have the time for a program. They say, oh, now you are too big. Now you are too famous. My man, today someone was asking me in October, we need you. My October 2024 is over. I already have a program in Zanzibar, in Sierra Leone, and we, we, there, there's so many things happening. I can tell you what's happening in October by the will of Allah. So you say, but how could it be over? To October 2024, I'm sorry, it is. You, you, so I'm very sorry it is over. So if you think I'm avoiding or I'm whatever, there. And secondly is if I don't want to associate with this particular organization or I'd like to give preference to another, it's my freedom. I don't need to. There are young people who say, no, we'll just phone Mufti Meng, get him for this fundraiser. Maybe I don't want to be a part of that fundraiser because I, I don't know how and where it's going to be used and you won't even allow me. You might raise 20 million, 10 million, 1 million, 100,000, 20,000 and I don't know a thing about it and I was involved in fundraising. So it's, I have a right. I have a, I'm a free man. I'm not enslaved. But another thing is, what do you, you pay me nothing and I, I don't want to be paid. I come at my own expense. I will visit at my, people say, what does it cost? With me, it costs nothing. What does it cost to invite Mufti Meng? With me, it costs nothing. I come at my own expense. I'll stay at my own expense. If you would like to volunteer to give it to me, Alhamdulillah. But I won't ask you a thing. I do it at my own expense. And on top of that, you expect that I owe it to you? No ways. I'm doing more work than you. I'm doing a million times more than you. So don't tell me you're doing nothing just because I didn't come to your organization. I couldn't help your organization or you as a person that I'm doing nothing. I'm helping way beyond your imagination. We've been into countries, we've paid hospital bills of thousands of people who couldn't pay hospital even here in Nigeria. I'm sure you're aware of that. We've provided people with, with so much. We've now in Gaza, we've done a lot. And mashallah, it's not enough. We still keep on doing. And mashallah, through the proper legitimate channels. And, and we make sure that things are done. I don't need people to, to come about and cheer me on or off. I don't care. Hey, you, you can think whatever you want. I have an Allah to go back to. I'm not going back to you. If I close my eyes, if you, your life is either going to continue or you will close them too. I'm not going back to you. I'm going back to Allah. I need to please Allah. That's what it's all about. So if you think that I'm a sellout, so be it. So be it. Subhanallah. You know, Sheikh, uh, we've come to the end of this interview. But before I end this discussion, I was discussing with my friend Abdul Samad, who is an expert in AI. And he showed me an AI with your face and you speaking. I said, Shurem, watch. I will make Mufti say something different. And automatically, he showed you saying something different. And subhanAllah, you know, I wanted to ask you this when you came to Nigeria. Because with this, you're easily impersonated. Easily a video can go, because you don't have copyright on your videos. That's number one. So your videos are out there. Easily someone can impersonate you and say, you've said A, B, C, and D. How do you deal with this? I do have a level of copyright now in order to save ourselves from things. But uh, I can tell you something. It's very dangerous. People talk to others, they think, I know Mufti Menk, you've never spoken to me, I don't know you. you. So who am I speaking to? Some fraud. If it's not a verified account, then it's not me. And if I would not really be speaking to you from a verified account, unless there's an explanation as to why I'm talking to you and how it got to that point. Uh, I also have a team that now, 
I have a team that deals with my online presence. So some of the team members have certain uh, discretion and certain permissions. So you remember something, if you're talking to me, you need to know who you, who you are talking to and you will be able to tell this is the person, mm. the person. But remember something, we're living in an age of deception. A lot of what you see out there is fake. There's an interview doing its rounds, it's been edited and fake. They've chopped and changed things. There's videos doing their rounds, they are fake, literally fake. There's something about Imam Mahdi doing its rounds, it's fake. Today someone sent me something about selling medication uh, and they were using my, my, my voice again and in Urdu, in Pakistan, it's a fake. So many things are fake. You have to be alert, you have to know AI is alive. And AI is used for good and bad as well. So they use your voice and they can speak even in a different language. Just before we end the program, Sheikh, what advice do you have for a married men and women out there? That was quite random. Yeah. Married <laughs> men, mashallah. Uh, I think we need to invest a good piece of advice. We need to invest in our families. Invest in your spouse a lot. Time, effort, energy, you know, communication, money as well. Invest in your family members on both sides, husband and wife, both ways. And invest in your children, invest in your parents, because that is what is your duty and responsibility. You will create a generation that you will be proud of. And Allah Almighty will grant you acceptance. That's a quick piece of advice. Obviously, it comes with a taqwa Allah and so many other things. All this, it's called a deen investment. I, I, I don't mean it in, 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 you know, devoid of Allah. Allah is in the equation mm. always. Jazakallah khair, Sheikh. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Jazakallah khair. Thank you so much. As you all know, whenever I interview Mufti, I just ask those two, four to three questions, and khalas, yani he says everything that I intend to ask. May Allah make it easy. And SubhanAllah, let's be of those that verify issues. You know, don't go around putting hate out there. You know, verify issues before you say things. If you're not doing the good work, at least the best you can do to those who are doing the good work is to gag up and keep quiet when you see things that you are not much clear about. May Allah make life easy for us. Until the next episode, I leave you on the care of Allah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.